0: so she what's up everybody welcome to a very special slash weird slash something i've never done before podcast for fest friends i guess this is just going to go through that portal that channel um but it is a podcast i'm recording solo it's not a usual fest friends uh actually nick and i recorded a fest friends episode four i believe right before 515 music festival here in des moines 515 alive excuse me and geez was that an amazing time i got to celebrate my birthday right with a bunch of best friends um the music festival itself had a bunch of drama behind it but it turned out to be amazing it turned out to be everything i really wanted could have wanted it, Probably was better than previous years, honestly. Um, not my favorite lineup. Obviously, that would be... Lot. Anyway, this isn't about that. I wanted to... I guess we can get into why I'm recording a solo podcast. Well, basically, I discovered this year prepping for Electric Forest and just really, really, really vibing on how the I'm, this was going to be my last Electric Forest in June. So, what I did is I went back and listened to previous podcasts I had done with Nick or with whoever else or live at Electric Forest 2015 or uh, other ones after the fact or before Forest and just really thought it was neat to be reminded of like the little details and all the awesome stories I had once forgotten were like recorded and they were there forever pretty much for me to go back to and and yeah, I mean that's just really pretty much why I'm recording this now is because something horrific has happened to my me and my family and my and friends and um my sister died uh <laughs> on August 20th date of death 3:18 p.m. Obviously, well, not obviously to you guys, but in my mind I'm saying obviously, but she had died long before 3:18 p.m. she overdosed on heroin. Uh had not been using that much at all in the last 2 years, so this isn't like she something expected, we did not expect it as as of right now. Uh we Yeah, I mean, it's f- fucking horrible. So I'm kind of just recording this to recount the events I've that I've experienced over the last 11 days. I'm recording this on August 31st, 2019. It's a Saturday. It's Lydia's bachelorette party and bridal shower day. So I'm sitting here like all alone at home for one of the first few times now. Uh, And it's actually, I think the first time for an extended period of time. So I knew this was going to be hard for me to be just alone, not with Lydia. So I've actually enlisted some friends at my sister's memorial on Tuesday to hang out because I mean it's not easy being alone after experiencing something like this and it just so happens to be National Overdose Awareness Day so that's a huge reason for me to do this because geez I mean how well there couldn't really be a better day to, to record this uh to for and I guess this is not only for People out there, I mean, for me, myself, like to listen back on, to remember how I felt, to remember the pain, just in case something like this ever happens to me again. If I lose a friend or if I lose a pet or I lose a parent or I lose another sister or whatever, it's for me to come back to if I have to really, I don't even know if I'm going to share it anytime soon. But I know I will probably share it because I want people to be able to come back to or go to something, a podcast of somebody else that's just experienced a tragedy and somebody else that's just experienced something truly, truly horrible it is the by far the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. By far. There's nothing even close. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry if the sound is a little wonky. I'm not using my usual equipment. I'm just recording this on a sn- uh, snowball uh microphone, I think it's yeti. I don't remember no Snowball snowball's blue, so it's just a snowball microphone, pretty cheap fifty dollar microphone, but yeah, I'm just trying to do this so that I can watch somewhat watch the levels a little bit, but also just yeah, solo podcast, let's get this going edited and get it ready to go whenever it's whenever I'm ready to publish it so. I pre- want to preface this with I'm all feel all over the place. I went back to work on Thursday for a full day and then my manager spoke with me like an hour into it and I started crying of course at her desk but uh, because it's it's just I can't stop thinking about it so my, I'm all over the place. I feel like I have Alzheimer's. I feel I this is the, this is really depression right now. You know, like this is really what depression feels like. And I guess for the first time in Eight years, eight and a half years, you know, about eight years exactly. I mean, I'm feeling depressed, feeling depression, feeling what it truly means to be like that. Like, oh, I'm depressed. I had a bad day. I had a bad week at work. I had a bad month. No, this is something on another level where I can't really. It's hard for me to even form sentences. And I was, I've been trying to tell people this because I guess just talking it out is the best way. But I have a point to a punchline if if it was a joke it would be a punchline but I have a point if it was just a a discussion or I'm talking to somebody but then I lose my place and I just lose where I'm at and it just that's what I mean by I feel like I have Alzheimer's is that I just completely forget what I was saying and I have to mention oh well I I forgot what I was even talking about and I it's just some I even even back when I was depressed because I Long story short, dropped out of college in fall of 2011 when I was going to the University of Iowa. I was, got addicted to League of Legends. I got addicted to video games. Yes, it's a real thing. I mean, obviously, clearly addiction runs in my family. But got addicted to that, moved back in with my dad, had to leave my best friend and his girlfriend behind at the time. Best friend then, um, and have them have to pay for rent like more money and rent each month when they don't have any money. Like I feel like a piece of shit, feel like an asshole and yeah, moved back in with my dad. So couldn't, didn't have a job, high school, college dropout and was just watching breaking bad and playing league of legends in the dark like no vitamin d no going outside at all i wouldn't even come up to get anything to eat until everyone had gone to bed and whatever i would eat was just like peanut butter bread and milk like peanut butter sandwiches and dunking them in milk you know like just nothing that's nutritious not a single vegetable for like three months then my dad like kind of forced me guilted me whatever you want to call it pushed me to be get a job so i get a job at best buy it's the worst job ever. That place can go F itself. I was hired to sell video games. The first day I'm there, I sell like an Xbox 360. This was supposed to be a long story short, guys, but you know how I am. Details. And like I said, I don't even Am I? Do I have a point to this? <laughs> but I sell an Xbox 360 to a dad for Christmas. And it's in October. He straight up buys it. I sell him on it. And then the next day, they are like, oh, this guy can sell stuff. So they put me in printers. I hate printers. I hate wasting paper. I hate printing things. Like, what? So, that just helped with the depression. Not. Nah. So, like, it didn't help at all. I started, I just kept being depressed. And I finally got a job at Come and Go. Started going to the gym again. But this is a different kind of loss. This is a different kind of, or a different kind of depression. It's a loss. It's somebody that you grew up with. It's someone that you, you had hundreds of, Thousands even experiences together, thousands i I mean I guess lydia uh, i've been with my fiance Lydia for those that don 't know at this point we're getting married October twelfth i've had thousands of experiences with her for sure by this moment because we 've been together for six and a half years, but i can 't really say that about that many other people, right, like Shelby, my other sister, shy of course we, anyone that 's my family, my father, my mother. We live together, so there's literally thousands of interactions and and experiences there, but friends, there's not that many. I can count probably on one hand, maybe two, oh, uh, I guess I can count on two hands. So under 10, probably people, friends, I've had thousands of experiences with. So like you realize that those moments where you had an experience together, I'm kind of going off the rails of my like notes here, but that's just how it's going to be, but you realize that you're the only one that has those experiences now. Unless it's of course with other people, but like you're the only one that can carry on those experiences and what you learn from those or what you your mess ups or your, your accomplishments or your what like we took Taekwondo together, we took all these things together, like oh after school activity type things, sports. Um I went to her like recitals and her plays or like whatever, like my sister, Chantel Leona Johnson, she's just a year younger than me. She's born October 19th, nineteen ninety one. So she was 27, part of the 27 Club. I mean, that's just a whole nother like weird thing because it's, if you don't know about the 27 Club, just Google it. It's like when Jimi Hendrix died, when Amy Winehouse, all these like celebrities. Of course, she wasn't a celebrity to many people, but myself and like a hundred other hundreds of other people in des moines and and whatnot and some people in omaha but she was very very special person i mean i shared when after she died like people started to hear because my dad was supposed to have a birthday the next day a birthday party we were all gonna meet up at saint and waukee waukee iowa for those that don't live in the state uh and celebrate my dad's birthday like we had done the previous year. She works th- with Saints, like that whole company that whole that owns all these bars, and so my dad had to like tell everybody like, "Hey, uh, family emergency, we're not having my birthday tomorrow. Everyone's like, "Oh, I wonder what's going on, and then eventually somehow it gets it just gets out right so I had to write a post the next day. I had to write something to on for Facebook, essentially to inform everybody what had just happened. And in the post, like, I'm, I mean, I'm trying my hardest to even recount any experience with her because I can't really think of anything else besides her death. You know, like, there's not like a textbook for this. Like, you're just grief is a hell of a thing. Like, you really can't think of anything else. So I write the post. Oh, I guess I wanted to share about. Duncan Trussell so real quick the Wednesday after so the next day we're on my way on the way to my dad's and Lydia puts on this podcast from Duncan Trussell if you don't know who he is to google him he is one of the greatest human beings ever to live Joe Rogan's friend does podcast himself called Duncan Trussell family hour he did one after his mother father died I think He's one of his parents. One of his parents died after the other, and it was kind of unexpected. I think it was like a heart attack. He did a podcast where he's just kind of like doing what I'm doing now, just explaining things, explaining how to how he had to take care of her, or he was his father because he had to take care of his father, and his de- father was a, a veteran, and his he had to go through all these like veteran things, sign all these forms, do all this crap that you just don't have any room in capacity in your brain to do. Like you don't have any power, you don't have any energy, you don't have anything to give, but you're supposed to be giving, giving, giving and sharing and, and like so I'm going back to this Facebook post. I'm supposed to write this Facebook post. Well I need to to inform people. Yes, my sister has died. I mean Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, I might start like tearing up or whatever, like, so I'll just try to edit that. Or I might not, who gives a fuck? But she dies, and I have to tell the world, but I also want to like share what I, I'm trying to like share like what I loved about her, like what I loved about growing up with her, and like some of the important things and stories, and like, but I only can't, I can only muster like 200 words. And it feels like even there, like I let her down. Like I should be able to muster much more than 200 words. But it's just, it's the day after she died. I'm trying to cut myself some slack, you know, like. So I'm going to go to the post. I'm on Facebook now, scrolling through this fucking thing. It's just all only like photos and pictures of my sister. And mixed in with a little bit of stuff from 515 Alive. Because. So still scrolling there's lots yeah so i I share pretty much that we're only one year two months three days apart i'm older than her by that much time she was the first to be potty trained she was the first to go down the slide in the bit be- in our backyard i think she was the first to ride her bike without training wheels she was the first to do all these things when i was a kid she was like my best friend And I just looked up to her so much, even though I was older. And because she had she just had the ability to just just do just do it. Nike, you know, sponsor this fucking podcast, assholes. But just do it like she could just do things, things that I was afraid of or like couldn't handle. She could just do it. So. She even I say she even asked Santa for a stamp collection and a globe because she knew already knew she loved old things. She never really had a tie-in or a care for material things. She always just was okay with using an old shirt that she had worn a hundred times or wear, wear my clothes or wear her sister's clothes that she didn't want anymore. Like she just didn't really care about going out and buying new things. And she already knew she dreamt of traveling to faraway places. So she got this globe and so she could fantasize about going around the world which she did had a a lot of awesome trips most recently with her friend sky and and her other friend to denver colorado i think yeah i don't know yeah it might be the garden of the gods or something that was like one of her favorite trips she just came back like so fulfilled and so different and better and clear-minded and ready to take on whatever else the world had to give her next She had like the best smile. She just, she used to hide her smile and I feel horrible now. Like, and I need to not because that's not how uh, things should go. Things should work. Excuse me while I take a, you might hear some like buzzing in the background, cars. Like I said, this isn't the best way to record a podcast, but it just has to be done now. And I'll get into that, but. She had like the best smile and she used to hide her smile because she had like, you know, not the greatest teeth. After she lost her baby teeth, she had to wear braces. She needed to get braces, I mean. And so before she did, she like used to hide her smile like when she was like late 9, 10, 11, 12. And I used to make fun of her for her teeth. Like, obviously, I'm just a dumb kid. I was like just a year older than her at those moments. And she used to, that used to be like the only thing that would make her cry. But yeah, she had like the greatest smile and the best laugh. Like I say, I would say like best laugh ever, if not top 10 laugh of all time, like of anyone I've ever, ever encountered her cackle, her, it's a straight up cackle. It's just like unrelenting joy that she's experiencing and she, that's what other people felt when they could make her laugh, you know, like, so I would spend a lot of my childhood just like trying to make her laugh <laughs> or trying to make, and then that obviously like turned into me being like a class clown type of person. Cause I just want to make everyone laugh, but their her laugh was the best. And she was like my play first player too. in super Mario brothers, like super Mario world, we used to play on super nintendo or i mean yeah super mario brothers 1 3 on nintendo or, or anything honestly we play, played genesis we played so many video games together i mean i can't really think of anyone else i played that many games with together you know like this is all these things you think about is like she was the one of the most present people in my life throughout my whole life like obviously as we got older she got had her issues she wasn't in my life near as much but like if you do like a, a timeline or if you put my life on a flat line you can see she was with me or part of my life more than almost anybody else I mean arguably except for maybe my father so it's like you you lose those stories the other half that can tell those stories or and she and when we'd have so I'd always see her at the holidays well usually you know like 99% of the time 95 And she would be able to like tell me things that I forgot, like funny stories or some stupid thing I did and I forgot, but no one else can tell me those anymore. You know, like I guess there's other people who can tell me other different kinds of stories. Sure. But like those stories and those memories and those moments and those experiences died with her. So it's like she's not my twin. She's an Irish twin is what we used to call each other or my mom used to call us. But I don't think that's accurate. We kind of looked into it. And I think it's like under a year, but so we're just over a year, two months, three days. Like I said, one, two, three, but yeah, it's like you, it's almost like I lost a twin in a way, like a, at least a twin when I was younger, like a childhood person or a twin, if that makes any sense. Like I said, a lot of this is going to make sense, everybody. So I just had to, okay. Going back to the Facebook post, I share some stories, some things about her, I guess, I don't know why. I just had to get it on paper. I guess pretty much I'm just feeling like I'm going to forget a lot of this stuff. And that's like the goal of this is I don't want to forget any detail of how I felt or how or some stories. And there might be part two, three, four, five, twelve, 12, 150. I don't fucking know. I mean, this is going to be something that's going to be with me for the rest of my life, right? Like this is going to be something that's going to be affecting me for my entire life. And I, I, I think that... I just don't think that she understood what well of course she didn't because she hadn't experienced it herself but like i don't think she understood like the pain that this the 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 like the roi if you want would to put it that way on the pain the exponential that's a better way to put it exponential pain this her dying causes Not just myself, but all her friends and and her family. I mean, Shelby, and my, my sister Cheyenne, her mother Ronnie, and my father Steve. Like, if she understood the pain that exponentially throughout the years, I don't think that you would ever be addicted to anything or you would ever make a decision that puts you at risk. Like, it's madness. Like, I feel like i don't want to do anything risky anymore i don't want to drive speed i don't want to do anything because i'm for fear of like putting someone else lydia through this and my family again or like my friends i mean it's just something that like it's an eye it is an eye opening experience you know cliche but like it, it is in it and it's Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's just get back on track with these notes I'm, like, pointing out. Like I said, this is going to be all around, all over the place, whatever the fuck. I'm drinking some beer while I'm at it. It's only noon. I don't care. You know, like, calm my nerves kind of thing. Got my vape in my hand. She's probably, like, laughing her ass off at me using a jewel, like a freaking tool. I don't have a fedora on, though, so that's pretty cool, I guess. So... My birthday was the weekend prior. So my birthday was Friday, August 16th. I celebrated with like a billion friends who also, a bunch of my friends, uh, Ron, Caleb, Andrew, Cassie, Dusty, Brandon. uh, Uh, Am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. What the hell? Ron, Caleb, Cassie, Andrew, Brandon, Dusty. Yeah, myself. That's seven. Okay. Okay um uh, we celebrated our birthdays at 515 alive music festival and then the an after party at brand it was it was a magical experience these are people that some of you may not know but they're like my friends and and we'll get into like what the definition of a real friend and a friend is and the friendships that i have right now and like how they're not being valued and how they weren't being valued before this but we celebrate it was like one of my favorite weekends ever like I was nursing a hangover on Monday, but who gives a shit? Like it was worth it. I had Monday off work. Um And then this happens, so I go to work nine I'm working nine p.m. nine a.m. to six p.m. on Tuesday. I'm switched with a coworker. He had the he has a thing he does, a book club or something. So I'm like, yeah, dude, and like of course I got you. Um and so I'm working like a weird shift. I used to work six a.m to three p.m. and i get to work i i'm working i go to the gym i for my lunch trying to get back into the things after a fun weekend of eating a bunch of chinese to nurse and pizza to eat, nurse a hangover a uh, magnitude top 10 hangover and then i get like a so i'm gonna go through the events of the whole like week i guess try my best like i want to recount this for me and like just kind of explaining some things to whoever the hell out there is listening i go through the events uh i mean uh I get the get the Facebook message from Shelby and it's like, urgent, 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 come to dad. So like, I've never ever received like a text or a call or a message or where it's like, just come to this location. You know, it's like always like, call me. Uh, Something crazy happened. Something bad happened. Hey, call me. Call, call, call. So when when I read that, I was like, okay, I'm going to get up out of my chair. This is on Facebook. So I can't call it really call her really it's on desktop at my computer at my desk where i have no phone signal ever which is the worst especially for this situation so i go out to the hall luckily i had facebook up my personal facebook up or else i wouldn't have seen it when i did so like another fuck you to my job for not having signal like that's horrible it's like i mean i can't imagine being a parent and not having signal like you're supposed to take care of these kids or like an emergency, you know, like all these things. Ugh, horrible. I, I don't know if I would work as a parent where I'm at. I mean, I you need signal. Anyway, so I go out to the hallway. I call my sister and she says, come to dad's now. Shot, sissy, overdosed and... I'm like okay, like okay, I'm going. Okay, bye, I love you. I hang up. Like that's all she says. And like my sister has shared stories with me and shared in her graduation speech from Zion Recovery where she, I have it videoed. I'm so glad I videotaped it, but it's only like a minute and ten seconds because she's talking so fast. Like I, we do. Oh, yeah, we all talk. All these Johnsons, we all talk super fast. But like she's reading off of her phone too, and it's just it's really wow. I did not know she was that had that many issues and all all these things anyway never it's not like i'm ever gonna post it so you guys don't aren't gonna ever hear it but she says that she has overdosed before pretty much there's a few other things but so i'm like okay she overdosed okay they're reviving her like whatever like they found her like so i run out i'm running i'm i hit my manager's desk she's on a conference call i'm like i gotta go my sister overdosed i don't know why i said that i don't know why i shared that but I don't really need a reason like I'm already my mind is already starting to fragment like my brain is already starting to not work at this moment you know like it's the adrenaline was pumping I had a huge blister on my on my foot because of the after the music festival. I danced my ass off you guys should have seen me there hopefully there's video out there or whatever but I danced the top two hardest dancing's Uh, weekend I've ever danced it's a music festival it's my birthday let's go baby let's go you know like blah 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 so like I had a huge blister so for me to even walk it was hard it hurt it's like a huge gash that was on the ball of my foot my left foot I'm left footed I'm left handed I'm left brained you know I'm all lefty so I'm running out running to my desk ripping out my my laptop and putting it in my backpack my my coworkers are like a gasp like oh, what's going on of course i mean i'm sorry i'm scaring you but i gotta go i can't even explain myself bye i gotta go bye is like pretty much all i said and i'm running out the door and my manager's like apparently saying something was behind me he came behind me when i was going to get my desk and now she's right behind me saying i guess she told me like when i went back to work this week that she can drive me well okay i didn't hear you and i really don't no offense like thank you so much That's very amazing of you to offer because I'll get into why, but I really shouldn't have driven. But I leave. I get, I run out the door. I'm running, like I said, on this blister. I'm. I mean, it's like dripping blood, probably by now, and through a sock, my sock. I run to my car, get in my car. I'm like, I'm. I'm just like, I can't see anything while I'm running. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, no, no. I'm just like saying no over again. Like I. 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 I mean, I. I you. You. I remember these like weird details about it because. It's something that I wouldn't have normally done, like vocalized, no, 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 over again while like other people that work at my, the place where I work are like walking into the, You know, it's like, what was, what's going on with that guy? Like, obviously something horrible, but like, holy shit. So I run out the door, get into my car, taking a drink of a beer. I I can't see the road. Like uh, already, like by the time I get on to Jordan Creek Parkway to go, I don't know why I even. <sighs> I don't even know why I took Jordan Creek Parkway to Highway Six. Like why did I just hop on the interstate and get off the Desoto exit? It would have been way quicker because I can speed. But the traffic is already thick. It's like three p.m. on a on Tuesday. It's like three thirty ish. Traffic's already thick, and so. I can't like get to my dad's house in time where I need to get there. And by the way, on the way there, I'm calling, I called Lydia, say, uh, she didn't answer. So I'm like texting her. She's at like a work function thing where she's like, we're at work with like third party vendors. <laughs> so like she's, suppo- she's like, supposed to be having a beer or two, going to her spin class, blah, blah, blah. And, I'm calling my, I call her and I'm telling her, I'm finally get, uh, I can't get a hold of her. Like I said, I call Shelby. I'm like, so what's going on? Like, what the heck? And she's like, and I'm like, so is she okay? Like, cause at this point I don't really quite understand. Well, I haven't really been told, but she's like, no, Sean, she's, she's gone. And at that moment, I'm like, just sobbing, just can't really do much else. I mean, I feel like so many emotions at once. It was like the most intense thing I've ever felt in my life where it's like, I didn't protect her. I'm her big brother. I didn't get to say a goodbye. I didn't get to say anything. It's not like she died on her deathbed. You know, like she literally died in her bed. And alone, not with her family by her side and it wasn't like something that we all expected. So it's like, it wasn't planned. It wasn't like something that like, you know, like all, she died alone. (laughs) So at that point, I'm just, after that call to Shelby, I'm like, okay, uh, I don't I think I even hung up on her. I don't even know. I mean, I could probably go back to my phone and see it was like a 17 second call probably because like after she told her that I couldn't, told me that I couldn't speak. And I'm like trying to whip around through traffic and Waukee Highway 6 now has like 8 million fucking lights for no fucking reason. There's 98 different fucking restaurants now on Highway 6. And I'm sorry if you enjoy all those restaurants, but that's just fucked up because of this situation that I, whatever. So I'm um, yeah, I obviously it takes me the longest to get there. Shelby's already there. And she had just left the same place. Same my work, I guess. Cause my dad called her or texted, had her, got a hold of her first. He knows I don't have signal on my phone, but I don't take offense to it any either way. He got a hold of her first. So Cheyenne's already there too. My middle sister, Shelby's my youngest. And so everyone's there but me. Everyone's seen her because they let the state medical examiner and the the cops. I don't even know if it's a state medical examiner. It's just like the state medical examiner, a vehicle with like EMTs. Yeah. So it's just like EMTs and cops are there. And I finally get into Adel and it's like 340 ish. 350 ish i don't fucking know and like i said at the top of the show show yeah like this is a show but like at the top of the 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 me this solo cast whatever you want to call it she died at 318 so i get there half an hour after at least if not more after the emt ems what t's and the cops are already there and my sister's so, I r- get out of the car. I run. All right, oh, yeah. On the way there, I had to call Lydia because I had to stay on the phone. F- and she asked me to stay on the phone with her because she was, like, worried I was going to get in a car accident. And, like, how horrible would that be? Getting in a car accident when you're trying to get somewhere, like, get somewhere to say goodbye or, like, just get to the place where the horrible thing happened to, like, just be there. That would be horrible. So, I stayed on the phone with her trying to. Take deep breaths. Like I can't breathe. I can't see. I can't. It's horrible. And I finally get to my dad's. Pull up, and I see like the state medical examiner's vehicle. It said like Ankeny, Iowa, state medical examiner or something like that. It was like a. It's like a hearse, but it's like a state official hearse. And I see like the cop cars. It's like a four or five cop cars. Their lights are on, flashing on. They're like parked out in the cul-de-sac. My dad lives on a cul-de-sac in Ado, Iowa. And they park, I park in the middle of the street. I put my hazards on or I I turn my car off. I don't even remember, but I just run. No, I, I didn't turn. I turned my car off for sure. In the middle of the street, there's like no way for anyone to get out, including the cops and the state medical examiner with my sister in the back of this hearse. So I, and I run, I'm again, running on this like blister and it's like, cause I don't feel anything. Like I'm, uh, it's just adrenaline. I'm so sore. Like I, I really could barely walk and, from dancing too hard. And I run into my dad's house. I throw my phone and my keys on the grass and Michael, my sister Cheyenne's boyfriend, father of her three kids is outside already. I think he's like smoking a cigarette and he's talking to my dad's friend, Bruce, I think. Bruce is from Waukee, old friend of my dad's, used to come into my, come and go, when I worked at Come and Go in Waukee, he's, yeah, here I am again, doing my thing where I over-explain things, I should write fucking nonfiction or fiction, right, like, I, oh, I'm George R. R. Martin, in this whole story, explaining backstories and shit, so, anyway, I throw my keys and stuff in, i run running, I collapse, like, as soon as I get in, because, like, I'm, ex- just it's like a, it's like slowly seeping dripping in while I'm driving down there, like I heard it vocally over the phone it's in my small uh, outer ear my middle ear and it goes through my out inner ear it goes into my brain when my sister tells me that no she's gone, but then it's like it's seeping in through my eyeballs it's seeping in like everything I'm seeing like it's not is is this a dream is it in in like the matrix like it, you your brain is not It is like denying it while simultaneously accepting it. It's the weirdest feeling ever. So I I collapse. The ladies like, there's like ladies and the guys in there. Like, I don't even know who's who. Like, are you a cop or are you state medical examiner? I don't fucking can't even tell. I can't even see through my tears to see what you're wearing. To even understand it. She's like saying, I don't really remember many details, obviously, because I'm just like freaking out. But I do remember like crying at my dad's sink, looking away from the door, and then looking back at the door. And they're, they're carrying my sister out on a stretcher in a white bag. Oh, yeah. So, one of the ladies there, I think it might have been a, cop or a What It doesn't matter. She says, we've already have her in a, in a they don't, she doesn't say body. I think she's, I don't think she said body bag. She said something that was like more PC or like more like nice to say to the brother who just came in like a a Tasmanian devil and hurricane tornado and just collapsed everywhere and just broke into a thousand pieces. She says something like she's already been loaded up or like something like that. I turn around. and I see them wheeling out a white body bag on a stretcher. And it's just like... excuse me it's like again just like your mind you're seeing this excuse me god you're seeing this and it's like going through your eyeballs and it's going through whatever the fuck else is behind your eyeballs veins i don't know into your brain and your brain is now accepting it but also again trying to deny what just happened it's just trying to deny this can't be real this is not real. This is this is not something that ever was going to happen to her. This was going to happen to friends or friends of friends or acquaintances, but or people I don't ever know or never will know in different states, in different countries, in, in different parts of the world. But this was never going to happen to my sister. So. I got in there too late. I didn't. I wasn't able to go into her bedroom where she was lying in the fetal position. After pretty much just basically dying, passing out and dying. I guess I don't know how it works. I don't really want to look into it. At least at this moment. But I think my dad has like said. My sisters have said that she looked peaceful. She looked like she was just sleeping. I mean, oh, so I forgot to preface this. My father found her. My dad usually he, he's 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 doing okay. He's doing better than I expected, um, which doesn't mean he's not still grieving. Of course, he's like he's gonna cry for the rest of his life, like the rest of us in this family, the Johnson family. But he found her, and she was already blue, and she's already like gone when he found her. Probably around two fifty. I don't know, three ish. He, got, he woke up from a nap. He usually is like, hey, Chantel, opens up the door, says, hey, dude, When or knocks on the door loudly. So she wakes up, says, hey, when are you going to wake up? Uh, you have work tonight? You have, Are you working? Because she has like three different bartending jobs at any given time. She's just an all-star bartender, loves it, Loves always loved the service industry, fast money. Anyway, you can, whatever. Uh, so he finds her and he's yelling out help. He says, I just started yelling help. And Michael, who wasn't working, I guess, or came home from work early. He lays concrete, my sister's boyfriend again, like I said, he runs up and he's like helping my dad. Like he's, my dad just doesn't know what to do. He's like trying to give her CPR or like, he's just trying to like wake her up. Like, you don't, I don't even, can't even imagine what he had to go, like what he's dreams and nightmares because I haven't had any nightmare. I've had, I've only had nightmares and night terrors. Sorry. I've only had those for 10 last 10 days. And I think this morning, this morning I woke up, I'm like, I woke up a bunch in the middle of the night, but I don't really remember experiencing any night terrors or nightmares. It's the 11th night. I think it's like the 11th night since this happened. So the last 10 nights I've, I've woken up a bunch other nights are way worse than other than others you know like the night after or the night after we said goodbye to her sunday night was the worst i had like vivid nightmares i still can see of them burning up her body because she was cremated but so anyway let's get back on the track of the timeline the sequential timeline of these this fucking thing as I take a drink of beer. So I'm always going to regret not getting there in time to see her there. Um, yeah, I mean, that was horrible. Just I didn't get to say goodbye for four or five days, essentially. Well, five, six days ish. So I hug my I remember hugging my sister Cheyenne so tightly and just sobbing into her shirt and like snot and everything's just come running out of my face a stream of tears and sadness onto her shirt, and that's that they lo oh oh yeah, Lydia gets there by then, thank God, because I am parked so that no one can get the fuck out so I'm like. I realized this like as they're like trying to leave the cul-de-sac and I'm like, I can't, uh, she understands, she already can tell because I try going out there and I try moving my car and she's like pulls up and she sees me go into my car. I'm like red in the face. Everything's like I said, flowing out of my fucking brain everywhere. Um, and she, so she walks up to the car and she hugs me and then she's like, do you want me to drive, move your car? Like, the most needed sentence ever at that moment because I can't fucking drive. So yeah, I spent Thursday. So i spent, I guess I can just go into, I don't even know. My notes are now out of order because like I said, I just started typing these out like an hour ago from whatever else I had sent them, texted myself and like details and just trying to like make sense of it all. So when, yeah, Wednesday we're driving to my dad's and, and Lydia's course has to drive the entire time. We go, I don't, did we, yeah, I think we went to high. Hy- yeah. We went to high, Hy- went to Hive, I think. Yeah, and we parked and on and while we're going to Hy-Vee to get groceries to make a meal because Lydia's like I'll make a meal because I'm fucking awesome, so she make because I mean you know, like you can't eat you you can't like do anything you can't even heat up a TV dinner when you're like this happens like you can't do anything, but sit on the couch and just think about it like so she goes into Hy-Vee and she's playing this play, playing this podcast this while of Duncan Trussell explaining like his feelings about how his dad died and how he, like, the moments leading up to it, how he was happy he was there, like, with him, while, and, and, like, all these horrible things about having to sign all these documents, like, and grief, and how grief affects you and how grief has been making him a different person, like, morphing him into a somebody else that he doesn't, or and in, in teaching him these things and in the, in having these experiences that you never expected, you know, all these things in this podcast. It was amazing. I think it's a Patreon exclusive if you want to go search for it. I think it's a 55 something 40 50 minute podcast of, of him and he does a way better job explaining like the existential and and whatnot and than me he's 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 that's what he's known for he's known for explaining the unexplainable and and giving intense details and using word the correct wording <laughs> which I probably haven't done a few times already but so we get there to my dad's and everyone's a wreck. I think at this point, Shelby got there by Brady and her boyfriend. Shelby, my youngest sister again, and she, of course Lydia drove me because like, we can't drive. Driving, ugh, horrible. I like to do anything, and we just pretty much I spend Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at my dad's with Lydia and with everybody, and we're just throughout these days, it's like it's slowly drip, a slow drip seeping into your brain that this has actually happened this is actually something you're dealing with you're going to have to deal with you are affected by this for the rest of your life so friday uh thursday i don't even remember what we did on any of those given days i just know that we had to like have really hard discussions about okay well she wanted to be cremated she wouldn't she So what are we going to do there? Um, Okay, it costs this much money at this place. Okay, it costs this much money at this place. It's like, okay, like what the hell? Like now we have to worry about like budgeting and money. And okay, who's going to take control of that? And like, so I think on Thursday, like my sister Cheyenne, she made a, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Thursday. She made a GoFundMe. After talking about it, I mean, so many other, I've donated so many other GoFundMe's for like a a medical bill for uh, an acquaintance of ours or like blah, blah, blah. Like this same exact kind of shit, like somebody else died, you know, like, so I didn't think it was out of, it wasn't like something mean or I mean, not mean, that's the wrong word, but it wasn't something like needy. And now I fully understand it isn't. Please have a a GoFundMe. I'll donate twenty, fifty, a hundred dollars if you have to experience this because now I know what it's like. Like you don't want to have to think about the money. Like I don't have extra five grand. <laughs> Who does to fund this? You know. So so we had to talk about first of all. Okay, funeral, open casket, or cremation memorial like sissy would not have wanted she's my sissy by the way i don't know why i've always called her that it's she there's it's a funny here's a tangent for you but like there was some school like projects and papers and stuff and like the teacher graded something of hers and she's like great job sissy like she actually went by sissy for most of her elementary if not middle school as well probably at least elementary so like She's my sissy, you know, she's my, my little sister, my oldest little sister. What was I even saying? Oh yeah. So we have all these horrible, like awful, hard discussions as a family with Lydia to consult (laughs) with because she's the only one that's at least somewhat level-headed maybe. I mean, she's also experiencing a deep sadness. I'm not trying to like discount her sadness at all because she just sees like how I am. And I mean, I can't imagine. I just, she doesn't have any brothers and sisters, so I won't have to go through this exact kind of thing, but she has family too. So, I mean, like I just really need to use her, how she handled things as a blueprint because she did phenomenal in every way, like offering to make a a meal like right away. That's like another thing. Like none of us can cook. None of us want to handle money. None of us want to think about how much it costs. None of us, nobody wants to do anything. Because this is just, like, eating away at you. It's like an infestation in your brain where you can't, like, mobilize to do anything. So, we get an overwhelming support right off the bat. Like, it's $1,000, $2,000, $3,000 over the last week, 10 days, 11 days, whatever, uh, about week, 8 days. So, like, that's insane and... We, I appreciate everybody that's donated, and like I said, I'm never gonna like look at someone else's pain in a de- in the same way again. It's like if somebody else ever experiences pain like this, like it's I I can feel you. I I can feel what you're going through. It's f- fucked. So throughout the course of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we decide to have a celebration of life. We decide to have it at the park, one of her parks that she used to go to in here in Adele, close to my father's house. She used to go down to the the creek and river, whatever it is. I don't, I don't even know. I didn't even go like during her memorial and skip rocks. She used to just go there to clear her mind and luckily it was open. I don't even know, it probably wasn't open and but my dad's neighbor is the head of parks and rec for Adel, so he probably made it happen, made it open. Also, I don't think I ever sent him a check and I don't think I ever will need to because he's it's just like something you kind of just do. <laughs> you know, like I think he's just going to give us the the place and and save us the whatever 100 whatever dollars it was. So we decide to have it there on Tuesday, so a week from her death. And even then, it's like, after someone dies, you're supposed to, like, bury them within five to seven days, I think. But how the hell can you do anything in five to seven days? Like, you'd have to, like, obviously enlist a funeral home to do all of that legwork and, and what not. But still, I just I can't imagine. I'm glad I had a full week to like digest what had just happened to me before saying goodbye. And I'm saying quotations because. Anyway, so they cremate. uh, I'm getting out of order here. Uh, Let me see. We had to like contemplate the scenario where at her Tuesday Memorial, would her remains even be ready? Like we don't, we have all these questions for like the funeral home that's gonna be cremating her. And by the way, she wanted to be cremated. Some people out there that may not know, she had a drunken conversation with my dad where my dad's like, yay, I just paid off my cremation because my dad's proactive like that. He doesn't want us to have to pay for a cremation. So he had like a two year payment plan monthly or something like that where he paid off his cremation. So he's ready to go. He, he was even considering transferring his cremation and then just redoing that now, obviously. But we got so much support that we were able to just let him keep his and buy her her own. But she had a drunken conversation with my dad once laughing about it, about how he was excited to pay off his, about how he's, she wanted to be cremated too. <coughs> so that's what we did. And I think that's honestly like one of the best things to do for someone that you lose that's young because there's all these things now this might sound weird to you guys but go fuck yourself if you think it's weird because once you feel this once you experience it you might not think it's weird and whatever uh judge me whatever you want but like you can put ashes into a vinyl and there's plenty of music that her and I shared together that we loved you can put ashes into jewelry you can put it into you can put it into a tattoo I think I even think that you can do that kind of stuff now so Whatever it takes, whatever you want to do to get through the process, to grieve, to just... I'm getting a phone call. So let me just pause this and save it so I don't lose all this that just happened. So I'm back. Uh, Sorry, it was the... I was speaking way too close to the mic for the last hour. But that's just how it be. I mean I listened back to it to see where I even was after I got this stupid ass phone call from that stupid ass place called Stupid Ass Mediacom. It's the internet service provider here in Des Moines for anyone that doesn't know. Anyway, so you, you you we cremated her and you can put that in all these things, like that's what I was saying. So it's like a thing that is you can have you can ha- you can have her with you at all times. Like actually her, you know, like I don't know. I just I think it's, I think it's important to have that, the ability to have that, I guess. Um, yeah, I kind of don't know where I'm at, so I'm just gonna go with it. But Saturday, Lydia had a friend of the show, Audrey Holland. She had her bachelorette party here in Des Moines. So I encouraged her. She didn't even know she was gonna go for like all week until Saturday morning. I was like, just go, please go have fun. Jesus, you've been taking care of me and my family through this all week. You've been there every moment. I needed you. Just go, please. And so she did. And she had a ton of fun, I think. I mean, so so she goes. And I get to hang out with Nick. I go get lunch with him. I'm trying to like I piece together what's happened. And and we go get lunch. We go, oh, he helps. Me. I ask him to go get frames with me because I have to now – I have to now frame a bunch of these photos of my sister that we have of her growing up and, and all these things to for the memorial on Tuesday that's going to be at the Adel Park. Keller Finnick or something park. And so I need him to go with me. I can't go in public by myself. I can barely drive. I drive though luckily with him in the passenger seat because his car is with Well, Anyway, so we go and we get lunch and – get frames and I get to spend like that time with him and talk to him over Puerto Rican food at this Puerto Rican restaurant. So it was like a reminder, like, Hey, there's life out there still, man. First of all, being in public, but also like we went to Puerto Rico and that's my favorite trip ever. Like I went to Puerto Rico with like 11 other friends for new year's Eve, 2016 to 2017. And it still is one of my favorite trips of all time. It's, I mean, it is my favorite trip of all time. It was perfect. So that's a reminder and it was good to have that even though if the food wasn't like 100% best thing ever for the 20 whatever dollars. But I had a couple beers and like it was good to get out. So – and be with somebody. Like you can't be alone. You need to be with people, family, friends, mainly mainly the family or people that are affected of course. But – so I go home with him and they're getting ready to go on The Bachelorette party bus and stuff so i'm like i i'm overwhelmed i can't be around you guys sorry I, so i leave right away go to my dad's and at my dad's i'm like after i well, i forgot i had to write an obituary you know you had to i had to write my sister's obituary because they the funeral home doesn't just do that you have to someone has to write it so i write it i'm emailing back and forth edits and all this stuff and they finally post it thank god like on and i got to share it with everybody and so I, I wrote the GoFundMe too, by the way. Like I rewrote it with Shelby and Shy, like in in Lydia's help and in, in the obituary. I rewrote all that. Like it's just we wrote all of that stuff, and it's just like another thing to do, and it just takes so much energy. Like all these tasks take so much extra energy than they normally would. Like me to write a thousand words. I mean, it's not hard at all. <laughs> I could do that. Well, like seven hundred words or whatever it ended up being. Uh, easily i mean i i went to school for journalism i could write it's not hard to type but this just it takes too so much energy it's like quadruple or 10 times or 20 fucking times as much energy to do any of this and we set up the time it's 1 to 4 p.m on on sunday august 25th i guess is it let's check yeah august no Oh, I'm in 2020 on my calendar, so I look so silly right now. But yeah, August 25th to go see her because, and it costs so much money, dude. It's like it's like hourly rate of like 150 dollars just to see her. But like that's just how it is. I'm not mad at like the funeral home. They they were very amazing. But like it's there's a a rate that you have to pay to see her one last time because they have to set her out in like. A little chapel like room uh they had to put a quilt over her. they have to dress her up like dress her nicely like they don't i guess they didn't dress her in clothing like she i think she was just wearing like a, a body a, a gown like from a hospital but like they had to like put a quilt over her body like and cover her completely and whatever so I, I spent saturday like building these collages and building and framing these photos and with at my dad's house and adele like again i'm I'm going there every day like for five days straight and it's just draining just to get out there and even if i'm not even driving like I'm, i just start thinking about or start crying and lydia has to like hold my hand and you know, it's like so i get out there it's, it's still weird even like say like any of this, honestly, like I, like fifty-eight times out of these fifty-eight minutes that you've you've spent listening to me, if whoever even out there is, you all every minute I'm just thinking, am I really even saying what I'm saying? Like, is this really? Does this really happen to me? <laughs> it's like you're in denial still. I know it's only been eleven days, but like you're still in this deep denial that this happened. So. Fast forward to Sunday. Oh, no. So Saturday night, I can't sleep because Lydia's out on the party bus and I don't have anyone at home. And I'm t- on my dad's house until like 11 p.m. And then I go with Shelby to go pick up photos. Oh, there's another like $80 you have to spend to get photos. It's like all these extra things that cost so much money that you never would think of. Printing photos online at Walgreens costs like 300 $300. Because we wanted copies. Everyone wants copies and everyone wants to have these memories. Everyone wants to have, like, the ability to go back into their photo album and look at photos of her or Sissy and you. And, like, and I'm going to have, like, a ton of photos to buy forever. Well, not forever, I guess, because this is not – I'm spiking the mic again, so sorry. but So I'm going to back up. But, like, I'm going to have, like, more things and more photos and more things to, like, do to – tried to memorialize her in some way for me. And then my sister has to do it. Then my dad has to do it. My, my sister Shelby, shy. Uh, get to get urns, you know? Now I have to like work on getting an urn for my dad like this week or whatever. So we go see her on Sunday, okay? Uh, <laughs> I keep doing that. But like, okay, I can't sleep. I'm literally up until 5 a.m., because I can't sleep. I'm, like, crying in bed. You know, I don't have Lydia to, like, grab because she's out. It's not 5 a.m., but it's, like, 3 a.m. She's still out. I'm, like, of course she's still out. She's trying to have fun. She needs to. So, like, I'm not mad at her. I'm just, like, sad. And I just I keep thinking about it. I'm, and all these things, like, you just have all these, like, horrible thoughts. Like, you're burning your sister up. Your sister's going to be nothing but ash. Her body's going to be nothing. But then you have to remember this is just a husk of her. Her she's gone so like you have to think of all these like horrible things like oh she's actually and then you have to go through these like circles oh she's actually gone oh okay and then it's just the worst thing ever guys so i finally get to sleep lydia gets home i i she's up all morning with me pretty much we're both so it's like can't, neither of us can sleep I'm like looking at the Snapchat while she's out still like she's at like the my friend's house like our, our mutual friends with all of our friends laughing having fun. Well, she's not like explicitly but everyone is so like I'm looking at this Snapchat group of all my friends and they're all having fun. I'm like, why are you having fun? Like you, you think like all these like weird things like why are you having fun? How can you have fun right now? Can't you see I'm in pain? Like, can't, don't you know I'm in pain? But, like, it's my fault for opening the app and it's not their fault for having fun and posting. like having, You know, like, all these videos and, like, laughs and, like, jokes. And, like, you just – you really just start thinking, like, you're so hurt hurting so bad that, like, you're thinking, like, other people should be hurting. It's the weirdest thing. Like, I – I haven't really felt like that moment where it's like, okay, now I want to go after whoever, ever, 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 ever hurted Chantel, my sister Sissy. Whoever hurted her ever, they're going to be fucked because I'm going to go after them and I'm going to go after them in the, through their jugular. I'm just going to rip them apart like by hand because they hurt her and, and she can't be hurt anymore. But like she hurt her once, you know, you think these like demented and like full of anger things. Luckily, I haven't had that very much, but I have felt it, but I haven't like actually thought it through and like, who? And I'm, I'm not like I've made a list or anything like that, but like, I'm sure that is part of the grieving process. I mean, I haven't looked at any of the steps, but Nick told me on Saturday when I got to see him, like, yeah, dude, there's the steps of grieving is real because he's lost somebody really close to him. My best friend, Nick, he's my best man at my wedding. He's lost his his grandma and like the steps are real is what he kept telling me on saturday at lunch i'm like okay 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 but now i'm like okay yeah it really is so i bought two books on audible so i can fucking listen about grief and understand it and understand how to better be a partner when this happens and into someone else and like just all these things you want to like be better so we go see her okay let's go get back to where i was going as i take a sip of beer So we go and we have to like sit down and talk through the cremation process with Mike, whatever his name is, at Iowa Funeral Homes, whatever it is, on Merle Hay. So from like 1 to 2 p.m., we're like talking to him because it's 1 to 4. That's our time that we paid for to see her. 1 to 4, we, so 1 to 2, we're like talking through it. I'm signing things and he, well, my mom and dad are signing things because they're her, her direct, whatever they're called. I forget. Um, Kin directive like the kin next in line kin whatever. <laughs> and and then they realize like and he realizes oh Sean's actually gonna pay because I have to deal with I'm doing all the budgeting I'm doing all the money I'm doing all the things so yeah I'm paying so now I have to sign some stuff everywhere where they signed an initial and so I have to do all the and he's talking about all these things like it's gonna cost this much if we do this. It's not his, he's just doing his job. He's doing very good, honestly, at like comforting us in moments where we needed comfort. But like, at the same time, it's still horrible to even be just talking about this. So you're just like, ugh. We finally finished all the pa- all the paperwork and we're walking in. I have to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom. I come out and like, okay, you guys ready? He's like, you were ready? I'm like. I guess I'm ready. I don't know. And I look through the doorway and I can see like her toes and like a gown, a quilt, a nice quilt is like over her floral type quilt is over her. And I'm just like, oh, God, it's like happening. Like I'm going to walk through this door. There's a nice like light on her. And I walk through this door and I see her and i just like immediately like it's okay this is the point in your brain where your eyeballs are taking in what you're seeing and then it's going to your brain your brain's like fighting this is not real dude you're in like a simulation you know but your your other part of your brain probably my left brain cuz i'm left brain is like yeah it's happening to you man fucking enjoy this moment with her Take it in and enjoy this last moment you will have with her body or her husk or so I just start crying and again, I don't know why, but my sister cheyenne oh i don't I do know why because she's going to be the matriarch of our family <laughs> because she's such a good soul, she's just like my aunt Sue, and she's just like she knew i hadn't seen her yet she knew we had had discussions where i haven't seen her yet i want to see her i want to see her but what if she's black and blue still what if she's you know like all these things like you're kind of scared so like that was that was the 1 to 2 p.m like kind of thing where it's like the funeral director's like okay dude uh she's not black and blue she looks beautiful as ever she's and and my dad called sunday morning he's like yeah, we're all kind of nervous about seeing her, and Mike's like the guy at the funeral home. He's like, she's as be- she's just, oh god, she's just so beautiful. And my dad's like, oh, I knew that. Like he, my dad's still making dad jokes or whatever. But like, she's still as beautiful as ever. And she was. She just every like I try to take in. I'm looking at her out. So I go back to Shy. Shy. I hug Shy. She comes over and she hugs me as hard as she can. And I'm like just sobbing again into her shoulder, (laughs) streaming tears and and calling and just yelling out. I guess let me put it, do a tangent because that just reminded me of the the moment. I think it was, was it Friday evening? Yeah, it had, no, it was Thursday evening. Yeah, Thursday evening after my sister died. Lydia and I get back from my dad's house around 9 or 10 p.m. like we had. And her mother comes over. I wanted her mother to come over. She's like my mom. I mean, her mom's – she's my next-door neighbor, our next-door neighbor, her mother, Lydia's mom, Cindy. She comes over and she talks to me and she's just – she breaks down crying and everything. She leaves after like talking to me for a little bit and – After she leaves, I'm just I'm finally like it's the first probably the first real moment where I'm like oh god this is real. I'm not just like there's no I've had like two or three sleeps where I haven't like or Tuesday Wednesday night sleep where I haven't woken up like from a nightmare and this is just like I woke up a bunch from nightmares but like this is not fake like it's real and I just I I my like uh, inconsolable I'm I'm crying in Lydia's arms. The hardest I've ever cried. It's like, it's like a real like, what's it? What I don't even know the right word, but like to explain, like I'm weeping and, and, and calling out. I'm like howling. I'm howling while I'm crying, and our windows are open. I don't know. Their neighbors probably heard it. They're probably hearing me now because I have the fucking window open. Sixty eight degrees here in Des Moines, Iowa, but I'm howling. And I've never heard my myself make those noises. I've never heard myself make those so like that's a, a, that that moment is like in the back of my head of like wow, I've never heard myself like make that like I, I feel like that is true pain and anguish and and broken-heartedness and all those things that's what that truly is okay anyway, going back to I walk through the room. <laughs> start crying break my break down my sister holds me up i'm like uh, shaking crying then i'm just with my sister Chantel and my other sister Shelby and Cheyenne and my dad and my aunt Sue came with my she got picked up and and Brady and Lydia and and these are people that are have an imprint on the rest of your life because they were there the moment the last moment you got to see your sister so like these people are these are the kind of people that you want to kill for. These are the kind of people that you would do anything for because they're there in that your most, your most, like, it broken down moments. I, I, I don't know. So I'm caressing her hair. I'm trying to, like, study her face. I'm trying to remember every feature. So this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to talk about the features. I remember. She had, like, a hairline that where she had, like, she was, oh, it came out of my mom Super hairy. and So she was... Yeah, I mean... So I remember her hairline. She used to hate her hairline, I guess. She told my sister Shelby that. But she had like this hairline where it's just like... Furry. Like, and I guess it's a Mexican thing. I don't know. That's what my my old barber used to say. Because he's like, I got to shave your forehead because you got hair all over. But like, she had that. So I'm like studying her face. I'm caressing her hair. Making sure every hair is in the right place. I'm making sure every part of her is like in the right place even though it already is she's just laying there like it's almost like she's asleep you know and I'm like studying her nose she heard the bridge of her nose is like pops out just a little bit and it's just like she always hated her nose she always thought she had a bi- I have a big nose you don't sis you never did <laughs> you always thought that you did you didn't you have a perfect nose better than you have like dad's nose but better like perfect And you, like, look at her cheekbones. Oh, I have those cheekbones. And my Aunt Sue is just sitting there groveling. She's just, like, crying, sobbing, just, like, telling us about how much alike we look and, like, all these things. And I'm not, like, I'm happy she was, so happy she was there. And it's just nice to hear, like, someone talking because you're just thinking all these things. So it's, like, she just keeps talking. Like, if you know my Aunt Sue, she talks, talks, and talks, which is good. We needed that at that moment. Shelby and I and my dad like comes in and out. My mom comes in and out. Lydia comes in to console me. You know, it's like but Shelby and I and we just sit in there and we just I don't want to leave her because I know as soon as I leave her, that's when they're like, okay, it's uh, time to start the process of uh, cremation. And it's just like – almost like, no, let me hold on to this moment. I kept having like flashbacks to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I, if you don't know me like in person, I have my entire – my right arm is the entire sleep to that movie. And so I'm, t- I'm taking back to the, the moment in the movie where Joel is he's, – he's getting – spoiler alert. But he's getting – clam erased and he's like no and then he finally he's going back in time like all their horrible moments together because it's a boyfriend girlfriend situation getting him erased getting her erased and uh, from his mind it's like obviously fiction as fuck not real as of right now i don't think (laughs) unless the government's got something out there for us but uh so he's getting her erased and he's Finally stumbles upon a moment where he shared with Clem where he's like, I have to keep this, this, this memory because like is the most beautiful memory ever. And like, I don't know. You see, there I go. Like, I don't know why. I, I guess I just had that like scene flashing. Like, no, let me keep this memory of being with my sister one last time, like forever. You don't want to leave the room because you know that that's the end of seeing her I know she's gone. I know this is like her body, but like you're seeing her in physical form because she's going to be cremated soon. So it's just like, I have that, like, I felt it. I felt that movie and that scene and I felt it. like, I've never felt it before. Just caressing her hair for two hours straight pretty much. And I finally asked Shelby to leave the room because she won't leave, which I don't blame her at all. But I'm like, I need to have a moment with her. Well, I actually ask her if she wants a moment with her alone. And she says, no, I like you being in here, which I thought was very sweet. Um, by the way, Shelby's in my wedding, too. She's like an actual groomswoman of mine um, because she's one of my best friends. was one of my best friends ever. I mean, that's how close my family is. Chantel was. Cheyenne was. But... Chantel was growing up Cheyenne has always been like the matriarch I mean i pretty much can't say anything much nicer than that about somebody at the age of 24 25 uh, as of this year like she's gonna become what is looked at as like the way to raise kids like she's a great mother so anyway Shelby I asked her to leave the room because she doesn't want to have that time right now so I so I can have that moment with my sister and I'm just like I guess I don't. I don't really know. Like I, I probably like a lot of this stuff. I don't even know if I need to even say it out loud to anybody else. But I guess I just want this to serve as like a, a hey, dude, like or girl, guy, gal out there, like wh- whatever you identify as. <laughs> you could be a non-binary kind of person. But like, I went through this, and I'm just. This is somebody else out in the world in Des Moines, Iowa, I had to go through this, and it's somebody taken from them too soon. So it's like I guess these details are. And again, this is for me too, to listen back to if I ever need to. On her birthday 25 years from now, who fucking knows? You know, on the internet, it will live forever. On my computer and my eight different hard drives because I don't want to ever lose this. But I I tell her, I, I like, the first thing is first, like, I, I'm holding her. Like, I am put my head on, my, on her arm and I'm just telling her, like, I'm so sorry I didn't protect you. Like, that's how I feel. I didn't protect her from the monster that is addiction. I didn't protect her. And as an older brother, I protected her all. I, I have never even told this story, but there was this kid that used to live across the street from us. We had to, We've always had a trampoline. I was the first one in the whole neighborhood to do backflips because I'm the shit. But honestly, sissy, I'm so surprised I beat her because, like I said, she was the first to do everything before me. Everything potty training onto going down a slide onto doing anything like she was the first one unless it was video game related she had she did it before me. I was the first one finally at like age nine or eight to do a backflip on the trampoline in our neighborhood, and I was like, yeah, finally, I did something first, I'm the best, but this kid across the street, we we're like pra- like doing wrestling moves, like messing with each all, like me, Chantel, and him. I forget his name, like Jesse James or some bullshit name. Jake, Jake Paul probably when he was a kid, but he's he like pushes her almost like off the trampoline, like for some reason, like while we're doing like wrestling moves. I'm like, oh hell no, motherfucker! And I grab him, and I, if you know wrestling moves at all. I do a, sun, a teardrop suplex, which is, used to be Shawn Michaels' finishing move before he had the sweet chin music and elbow drop. But like where the kid's back is to my stomach and suplex city, like Brock Lesnar. Exactly that, if you know that. That's a, more, that's a more modern way of putting it. And I flip him off of the trampoline. Like I literally grabbed him and threw him off because he hurt my baby sister. So like... I protected her when I needed to and when I could. And then this is like the, uh, the the demonic devil addiction is something I couldn't protect her from, right? Like so I'm I'm apologizing to her and I'm feeling all these memories of when I did and when I could and when I should have and what I could have, you know, and so that's what I, that's the last moments we shared, like one of the last moments we shared. And then, of course it's I will live for you. I just you have to like it's re reaffirmation you have to say it voc- vocally, and that's what a lot of this is. It's therapy for my brain, myself, and my family, and whoever else was wants to listen. To this was like reaffirming to yourself that you will go on and you will live for this person. I discovered a lot about myself, <laughs> and my family and my friends through this whole situation. But say goodbye to her. I mean, we all decide. Well, I think Brady. That's my phone just going off, so I'm gonna put it on silent, but. I think Brady suggested he was hungry, Shelby's boyfriend. And so we went into Saints to have a couple of drinks and like call my nurse. I couldn't just go home. I needed to still be with my family. So we went to Saints where she used to work in Beaverdale. And we have drinks and food and everything. And like Brady goes to pay. For, and we're like – when the waitress is like being awesome, everyone's being awesome. I had to carry – I had to almost pract, almost carry my my Aunt Sue in because she's – Cane-bound, practically bed-bound. Like, she's doesn't really get out of bed much without assistance. She's 71. So, uh, that's how it would be, I guess. 70, I guess 70, 71, yeah. So, Brady goes to pay for the food with his debit card, Wells Fargo. I mean, the details that don't matter, <laughs> typical. Um, and the waitress says no. Or something and i'm like what because i was gonna pay for mine lydia's of course i had a 50 dollar bill in my in my phone case where i keep all my cash because i don't carry a wallet and the manager comes over oh before this i i think it was before this actually the waitress caught my dad after coming out from coming in from a cigarette break cigarette smoke break and he uh, from the meal and he she's like Says something across the room to him, and he goes, "Yeah, I remember him like shaking his head, yeah." And he, she just goes in for a hug, and I'm like, "What?" And she just starts sobbing, just crying. And then she comes over to the table, and she's like, "Hey, you're, I remember your sister. She used to work here," and she tells us this really sweet story about how I broke. I had just met your sister last fall, and I broke up with my boyfriend, and. She was the only person and I didn't even know her that well. I just knew her as a coworker that wanted to have a uh, conversation, be like uh, heart to heart and be like, yo, you're going to get through this. It's just a boy. It's just a boyfriend. You got this girl. You're like, come on, you're tough. Come on. And she like shared that with us. I'm just like, fuck, that's exactly how I operate. Like I love heart to hearts with people so much. And like that we were just, I guess as adults, because she was 27, I'm 29 now, just turned 29 before all this. You, you realize that, wow, that person was just so – you, you were brothers and sisters growing up and you were best friends and you were, you were Irish twins or whatever. And like, but like you're so much alike still but you just don't have any r- – too many, not enough, never enough recent memories of being together and realizing, yes, you are so much alike. Like you're cut from the same cloth. You're from the two same two human beings, like you are siblings. Like that's a sibling thing that I don't think that you can share with another human being that's not a sibling. Like I just don't think it's possible. So the manager comes over after that, and he's like, "Yo, you don't have to pay for anything. We loved her so much. We'll be there Tuesday." And of course, they were both the the waitress the, and and the the manager at Saints Beaverdale. It's just a reminder not to forget about those people that were there that moment in time that will soon be forgotten by some but you just don't want to ever forget like i, I 20 years from now when i see that waitress i don't even remember her name off the top of my head but like 20 years from now if i see her from across the room i'm gonna go give her a hug same with the manager you know i'm trying to like imprint their faces in my brain forever because of what they did like they didn't make us pay for a bill sure it wasn't like it wasn't even like a huge deal but like them sharing like how much my sister meant to us after we had just seen her for the last time in the cremation in the iowa funeral homes like what place just really impactful so i'll end this part one of well i don't even know how many if i have to experience loss again it's going to be part it's just going to be a new fucking thing i guess but I discovered a lot about myself, a lot about my friends and family through this. I'm very grateful for every friend I have right now, every person that's in my life. And that has not, is no longer in my life as far as like, I don't talk to them anymore, but they've reached out like Pat Ackleson and, and even Ben Matthews. These are old best friends of mine that have even reached out. And there's so many others of, of you on, on Facebook and in text and everywhere. Adam Holscher sent me like This really, really great message about how he lost his sister almost a year ago to the day. I grew up playing Magic the Gathering with him. Used to be uh, an employee at, at Mayhem Collectibles. I mean, just so much beauty. There's so much beauty in death. Like, it sounds weird to say, but it's like, it's true. Like, there's so much. And that's another thing you have to deal with. He had a great point where it's just like, I'm trying to get back to his message now. Like, kind of. To have like the crux of it, but yeah, let me see. I got it here. It's a it's a different kind. Of, yeah, he said it's like a different kind of entirely different kind of sense of being overwhelmed when just from communication from everyone reaching out. And he's so right. Like it's just too much love. Like you feel like you owe these people, but you have nothing to give because you're just so exhausted from dealing with it. But like you feel like you owe them the world because they just even reached out and sent you a text. In the worst time of your life. And that does not mean I'm not going to reach out to somebody else when this happens to them. And, and try to bring them a meal or try to clean their house or something. You know, like those little things. Like my my mother-in-law, Cindy, cleaned our house for us. Vacuumed and stuff like Wednesday or Thursday after it's happened. like, And that's like huge. It's impactful. So... I am the people I have in my life now, and no longer in my life, like day to day, like those are the kind of people that I need to value more, and I need to. I'm so happy that Sissy on July 12th of this last July, this last this year, she got to meet a lot of my current, and I'm doing that in my hand in air quotes current friends because I hope to keep these friends for the rest of my life because of the simple fact that they've been with me through this tragedy, but. My current friends, that night when it was Alex Bush's, Alex B-Word, we call him B-Word, his birthday party slash going away party because he bought a house in Minneapolis. It was that f- a Friday night. My sister Cheyenne and Shelby, I'm like, okay, because Cheyenne's birthday is July 9th. So trying to like organize it so I can see my sister Cheyenne and Shelby. And I'm like, yay, 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 let's do this. I mean, it's Friday night. I figure Chantel's working. So I guess I f- I just didn't even mean... Didn't invite her. I should have invited her, of course. See, these are... This is the guilt coming back. But, like... I... Invited her... Invited Cheyenne and Shelby. They're supposed to meet us at a few different bars around Des Moines. Because it's a party bus situation. And they didn't. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, we're at our third or fourth bar. I think it's our... Yeah, third out of four bars that we have planned. The operating room in... Uh, west glen out in i think it's like west des moines then um they say oh we have a surprise with us i'm like oh cool like you have like you're gonna give me buy me a shot i don't even know what what kind of surprise like whatever and i get there and like i see chantel like i see my sissy i see that was the last time i saw her live but it was so perfect. It was us enjoying Tranks as four siblings together. Having shots or just cheersing or playing. We were playing air hockey. We were playing skee-ball. We played uh, foosball. We played the basketball game. We played all these games together. It was like us playing video games. Us playing arcade games together. Um, yeah, it was my last time seeing her alive in person. So... It was an impactful, again, like, so Operating Room is already at the top of my list as being one of my favorite places in the world now. Because I have, it's going to be hard to walking walking back into that place after this. But it is cathartic, like this whole fucking podcast has been. But it's like, it's impactful to, it, it gives you good memories. And I hope that place stays open for a 100 years. Probably won't, knowing how bars and stuff are, but i hope it does um yeah so i'm glad she got to meet a lot of my current friends that night she hopped on the party bus we had a heart well we went back to my friend mitch sullivan's house after he lives in a duplex he always used to have parties growing up uh in in college and he used to call them their dupe parties because it's at the duplex and we had a played beer pong we played bunch of senses fail brand new and all that in afi and we were moshing downstairs and like there's video of her moshing just like it's literally the most perfect night to share as a last night not knowing of course but with your sister like all these like things and experiences that you get to have together that you've had together your entire life but then you get to have together again And then we had a heart to heart on the stairs leading up to the top, the top, the second floor of the, the dupe and no one bugged us. And we had a heart to heart for like 30 minutes. We talked about her friend and his anniversary of him dying. It was coming up at the end of July. And this was like in July 12th and how hurt she was from him dying and how she blames herself. And it's just like, it's so weird. It's like full circle now. So this is part one guys. Um, What am I doing now? Well, today is Saturday. Like I said, August 31st. I'm going to try doing something with friends. So I have Mitch Sullivan, one of my best friends. He's going to be officiating Lydia and I's uh, wedding uh, in October. He's coming over at 2. It's like 20 minutes from now. And we're going to go to Uptown. Get a fucking Uber and go to Uptown. I need to go play some arcade games. Try to laugh a little bit. (sighs) Yeah. Um, Try to get out for the first time. Because Lydia is, ha- is celebrating her bachelorette party tonight or today in Des Moines and her bridal shower, so it's just like f- I'm all alone. So I got I I got to go out. Um, I didn't even really talk about her Tuesday memorial, but it was beautiful out in the park. I had it was hard talking to everybody, all the people from NA, all the people from Zion, all the people that have she has touched so many lives. There was like a hundred plus people there. And a bunch of people from Lydia's work even came out. All my family I haven't seen in so long. My Uncle Denny, my cousins, Blake, Blake, Little Blake, Sydney, Brock, Lexi, Kier, Buffy, all my family. A bunch of people I haven't seen in so long from like going to church when we were kids. Lisa Rasmussen and Denise Hawk, Hawks. Uh, I mean just people from different moments of your life like if your life's on a timeline it's like every single moment and they have all these things they want to tell you mandy mandy my old best friend growing up brandon Howe's mother mandy Howe. she used to live in a duplex on valdez drive in des moines iowa which is two blocks away from my my house on tawana i used to walk over there and like hang out with sissy and like she used to babysit or had like a little babysitting thing where she would babysit like six kids, eight, ten kids. And Taylor Sparks was the neighbor and all these people. It's just like, it's just so, it's just so many stories and everyone's telling you so sorry. And like, you know, people you don't know too, like tons of people that she worked with at bars or like all the tonic people were there. So shout out to them. Like it was just magical. And I didn't want it to ever end, but it ended. It was only from four to seven. People started showing up at three, of course because they want to be there the whole time. Like, thank you, Chad. He's at my wedding too, Chad Aldrich. And uh, so I'm going to try going out guys, try to not move on because you never will, but, and it will never get easier, but I think I'll get stronger. And I think that doing this exercise, doing this podcast, doing this, whatever will hopefully will make you stronger and hopefully make you realize that I'm, Somebody else out there in the world on the internet that went through it, just like you. I signed up yesterday at work to volunteer at the Iowa Harm Reduction Coalition. Uh, It's a a nonprofit is working to try to reduce the harm that heroin and all these other addictive drugs can have on the community. Whether that's giving out clean needles because these people are addicted. It's a sickness. It's an illness. So they're addicted. They're gonna use anyway. So let's give them clean needles, you know, or other a bunch of other things. I signed up. I got an email. Um, I'm gonna hopefully volunteer with them. I'm in my sister's name. I like to make a shirt that is says "fuck fentanyl, fuck heroin, whatever," and work with Iowa Harm Coalition Reduction Coalition so that they can have the profits. Anyone that's donated through GoFundMe or through my sister's memorial on Tuesday in in ADL on the twenty seventh, uh, thank you so much. Um, all that money that after the burial after the memorial costs and everything will go towards Striker's college fund. I think my dad said he's gonna try it doing a five, two, nine, whatever that is. So we pay taxes on it now. So he doesn't have to deal with it when he's older. So he can go to college or do whatever the fuck he wants, travel the world or become a plumber or become a Somebody that builds windmills. I don't care. Electrician, do whatever you want. Stryker, I feel so bad for you. If you don't know, Stryker is my sister's son. She had a son. He's five and a half. He turned six in December. <sighs> Songs, movies, all of this, all those things are going to remind me of her. So many different songs. Um, I'm going to try just living for her. So with that being said, thank you for listening. I love you all and appreciate you for being there for me. And there might be a part two later on where I can share funny stories about her or whatever. But thank you very much. I'm Sean Johnson. See you later.